Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space, you should never not be the leader of your birth and in control of what happens to your body and your baby. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California? and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. Lady, today we have a very special guest in Cultivating Her Space. Not only does she have a beautiful and contagious smile, but she's doing powerful work that can impact generations to come. Courtney Stallworth is a maternal newborn nurse, lactation specialist, and founder of The Equipped Mama, where she provides women of color a clear path for achieving trauma-free births and bonding breastfeeding experiences with their babies without having the fear of maternal death or lactation failure. Courtney is also a first-generation home birth and breastfeeding mother of two. And through her personal and professional experiences, she has created the Equipped to Birth and Your Breast Start to Lactation courses, along with the Melanated Milkies Club, through which she has guided 100-plus women of color to be able to show up as the leader of their birth experiences and breastfeeding journeys. Courtney, welcome to Cultivating Her Space, lady. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here with you guys. We are so excited to have you. Yes, we are looking forward to this conversation. And so, Courtney, we're going to start off with our quote of the day. And these words will sound really familiar to you because these are your own. We stalk your social media and, you know, we find, we go in and we find the things, right? So. Our quote of the day, at some point, 
you have to stop prioritizing your busy day and start prioritizing your health. And I'm going to say that one more time for all of us, because we all need to hear it. (laughs) At some point, you have to stop prioritizing your busy day and start prioritizing your health. Courtney, when you wrote that quote, what was happening for you in your life at that moment that inspired this particular quote? Yeah. So one of the greatest things about what I do is I get to interact and meet with so many different women. And I exclusively work with women of color. But just in that, there's so many different walks of life that we go through, right? And one of the things that I encounter a lot of the times with the women that you know speak with me and really wanting to know what do I need to do to get ready for birth, like I don't even know where to start, or a lot of times they've played Dr. Google so much they don't know wh- what action to take with all the information. And I always ask them, you know, I tell them when they are wanting to enroll in my program, it's going to be the next six weeks. You and I, we're going to really be working out our birth plan and our breastfeeding plan. And I let them know it's not a large time commitment, but I always kind of get that. Well, you know, such and such as wedding is coming up or, oh man, we're planning the baby shower or man, I don't know. It's always something to do with the schedule. And even though the baby's on their own schedule, right, (laughs) I find it that so many women don't recognize the value and the importance of really prioritizing your preparation and prioritizing you right now. Because ultimately, when that baby is ready to come, that busy schedule ain't going to be what's got you prepared. It's not going to be the baby shower that's going to have your body ready to breathe your baby out. It's not going to be any of those people that just cannot wait to take a picture with your bump that's going to be there when you're up through the night having to breastfeed. So really prioritizing you and taking care of you to position yourself to have the smoothest birth and the support that you need prior after the birth is so important, but there's just a big lack in the prioritization of preparation. And so that's where I was coming from when I made that post. All of my posts come from inspiration, the conversations that I have with many of the women, whether they are clients or they're member prospects or just people that reach out on any of my social media platforms. They're always inspired from those conversations. That is a beautiful quote. I'm just taking it in because it resonates so deeply. But that was a really good point that you made about prioritizing preparation. I would love to know what is your origin story? Like what made you start on this journey in the first place? Yeah. So my background is maternal newborn nursing. So I'm a registered nurse by trade and lactation specialist. So I have spent eight plus years working as a bedside nurse until last year when I decided to take my nursing practice from the bedside straight to the heart of the community. As we know, 2020 was quite rough on us in many different ways. And that was there was no difference with that when it came to the health outcomes of black and brown women, especially. We just were short staffed. The, there was social distancing, lactation personnel weren't doing hands-on support. So how do you help a woman with breastfeeding in the hospital from the from the hallway? You know, especially someone that has had no prior prenatal breastfeeding courses or information, right? And so things just got really bad. 
it got really bad and it's emotionally tasking as someone, as much as I am, I am an educator at heart. Nurses are educators. And I just got tired of coming to work every day and just feeling like, in a sense, I just felt like I'm failing them. Because by the time they get, by the time you get to the hospital and you've done no preparation, you don't know your options, you don't know what to request, you don't know what to require, even the best of the best nurse cannot make up for that time. We can't. And so it just got draining. And I just said enough, like, I want to work with women that look like me to have better health outcomes, to have better births. Because yes, some women might come out and have vaginal births and that's fine. A lot of women do not, especially black and brown women. We are the highest for the cesarean rates. And just in general, one in three women that come through the door in the hospital is going to have a C-section. One in three. And so all of that comes in a lot of times it's because of preventative measures that could have been done in the forefront had they prepared their bodies, had they known more of what to expect, how to handle and manage their labor and work with their body versus feeling as though their body is working against them. So I wanted to present a way for us to really get knowledgeable and empowered and most importantly, to ensure that we are heard. That has been one of the biggest trends, and I'm sure y'all have seen online several times that Black women are not being listened to. And I think that that came from, I know personally firsthand, a lot of the patients would be so relieved when I would walk in because I look like them and it's just another level of comfort. But I can't be every Black person's nurse, right? Somebody's got to get (laughs) another nurse, another staff, and you got to be prepared that whoever, regardless of who's on your team, that you are able to lead them through your birth. You are the leader of your birth. Nobody has that direct communication with your body, but you. No one's been with you the longest, but you. And so many times we find that women think, oh my gosh, I don't have a doctorate. I'm, I'm not a doctor. I've never birthed. No, but you've been with you for how long versus that doctor? And even the doctors that you love, I get this all the time. I love my doctor though. How do you love them and you spend 10 minutes with them once a month? How does that happen? You spend more time with me as your nurse, getting your vitals, getting you checked in, having you sit and getting all the information to do a quick update. How, How do you love them? I mean, you can love a person. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying like to have that level, there's always this, oh, they're great. They got me. They know everything. You should never not be the leader of your birth and in control of what happens to your body and your baby. So that's what I wanted to change. I wanted to present an easy, simplified way to empower women of color with knowledge, empower them with the communication tools that they need to navigate when we do need to pivot and shift in birth so that things don't just start happening fast. I hear that so much on these stories. Like it just happens so fast. Well, let's slow it down. I'm going to show you how to slow it down. So that's where I came from in wanting to start the Equipped Mamas itself. I started with one-on-one clientele. And then I just noticed there was such a need for the breastfeeding mamas to connect with other Black breastfeeding women. A lot of people know, I, it took me until I was in my 20s to see a Black woman breastfeeding. And then it took me even longer to see a Black woman birthing naturally at home. I didn't even know that that was a thing. And so when I saw it and shout outs to Yvette with belief in fatherhood, and I've actually grown to know her because she knows who she is to me. That sparked an interest in me like, wow, 
That's not what we're trained in school for. I have never seen such an empowered, hands-off birth that just happened. (laughs) It just naturally happened. She was supported, she was knowledgeable, and she was in control of guiding her baby out safely. And that just stuck with me. And I that just lit a fire. I was like, everyone needs to know about this. There's options out here. So many options for us. Ooh. Oh, that's so powerful. Okay, go ahead, Dom. So, yeah, many, so I, many things oh, are coming through my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I don't even, I have never birthed any children, but there were a lot of things that came up for me as I was listening to you, right? So one of the things that really came up for me as I'm listening is about the empowerment piece of making sure that we understand that we are the leaders of our bodies. I love that so much because oftentimes we are taught or socialized and treated as if we don't know our bodies and as if we don't know ourselves. And I love that you that that's your focus, right, is that is getting women to understand that, no, that doctor that you spend 10 minutes with may have like some of the book knowledge. But even that book knowledge is faulty and some of it is based in white supremacy and not really understanding the experience of women of color, particularly black women. And so. So, Courtney, as you are thinking about how you grew your vision and how you have been working with so many women, would you mind sharing with us your experience with learning to breastfeed? And because you talked about like in the hospital, not knowing or not not knowing previously about natural births or home births. and so. What has been your personal experience with this journey of breastfeeding and, and, and home births and alternatives to working in the hospital? And I know that was a mouthful. So let me know if I got to repeat anything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I think if I heard you clearly, my experience with breastfeeding was it was beautiful and it's been beautiful. I'm still a breastfeeding mama. The little background, I've had two babies in the past two years. So my second was definitely a little surprise love bug. <laughs> but I have both of them right here in my home. It was just afterwards seeing them and knowing that I can nourish and heal and comfort my baby with my body that God created. You, you can't give me a stronger superpower. And that is something that I hold so dearly to me. And I love when I get to see other women that always, they feel like there's this thing that no woman really wants to say, yeah, I want to breastfeed for 12 plus months. It's almost like a fear is what I find when I ask women, what is your goals? What would you like me to help you reach? Because that's the very first thing. If you don't come into it with your mindset committed, I am a huge mindset birth and breastfeeding coach. All the women in the tribe will tell you that I am all about the mindset because our minds are such a powerful thing. Birth and breastfeeding are 90% mental, 10% physical. And so for me in breastfeeding with my children, I had very uneventful, but of course I am a lactation specialist. So I didn't really have many hurdles or complications, you know, nothing too significant. My daughter did end up having some oral tethered 
tongue tissue. So we did have to get her tongue tie revision done. However, that was a fantastic experience. And one of the things that I always teach the women in the course is to have a go time ready list. And that is your first and second string team members. A lot of people remember the first, your doctor, maybe your doula, you know, your midwife. But the second string is so powerful. And one of those people on that list is going to be a pediatric oral dentist, like a pediatric dentist that actually does specialize in tethered oral tissues. Or maybe a myofacial myologist, oral facial. Oh my gosh, I am bleaking right now. Oral facial myologist. There it goes. They are specialized in that as well. And you want to have these people already picked out in your area. So when the time comes and your baby is needing that milk and needing to get that tissue released, you're not having to stumble and fumble and play Dr. Google, but you already have your list ready, the number ready, and you can get right in with them so that you can get back to breastfeeding because time is milk. That's my saying. Time is milk. You're either making it or you're decreasing it. So we want to stay on the positive side. But yeah, outside of that, I really had a just, I've been having a wonderful journey with my daughter. This is the longest I've breastfed. I breastfed up to one year with my son, but I was also pregnant for like five months with him. So I said, okay, one year we're stopping right here. But my daughter, I am not expecting. So she just turned one this month and I don't know when we'll be stopping. So we'll figure that out together. I always say I'm going to breastfeed for at least a year. And then we're going to see what our relationship looks like. What are our needs? And right now, our needs are being met with each other. So I don't see it stopping soon. (laughs) Oh, that's so beautiful and so amazing. I'm so happy that we have women like you in the world that are doing this work. I am seven months postpartum, Courtney. And so thinking about my doula and my birth team, like that has been so crucial for the journey. So knowing that women have someone like you is just so, it just makes me so happy. If you had to name like five misconceptions that women of color, you know, and black women have about birth and breastfeeding, what have they been based on your experience so that we can maybe, you know, demystify some of those misconceptions now? One is that some people are just lucky and can breastfeed and others just aren't. I think that's a very big myth. It is very rare that it is a physical ailment that prevents a woman from breastfeeding. And I think that the last study that I looked at, I think it's less than 3%. And and actually, the biggest cause is fear. And I made a post about it. When I saw that study, I was like, wow, the biggest leading cause of breastfeeding failure is actually fear. Fear of not making enough, fear of not going to be able to make enough, fear of not doing it right, fear of missing out on an easier road. <laughs> another path, a bottle or something, which would bring me to my second myth that bottle feeding is easier than breastfeeding. What a lot of women don't realize is when you breastfeed, yes, through the night, they're waking up every about two to three hours in the beginning to nurse. You wake up, you pop your baby on the breast, you burp your baby, you put them back to sleep and you go back to sleep. When you bottle feed, you get up, You got to measure the formula, measure the sterile water, warm it up, shake it up, come feed the baby, burp them. Then you got bottles you need to be cleaning, nipples you got to wash, you got to sterilize those bottles. You do not save more time with actually bottle feeding over breast. And there goes three. The third thing tied with that is the myth that formula makes babies sleep longer than breast milk. 
That's actually not accurate. There is nothing that shows statistically that giving formula over breast milk actually makes them sleep longer. Now, what we do know is that dairy-based cow formula is harder for the baby's digestive system. And so therefore it does slowly go down slower, but that's not always linked to sleep because a lot of babies have digestive issues, reflux issues, colic associated with actually the use of formula. So when we really look at it, you're not getting more sleep because of formula. That comes more so with that number fixation that mothers like to see. I know exactly how much my baby is getting in the bottle. I don't know how much they're getting through the milk, through my breast because they're just on there, right? So then you have to trust your intuition versus man-made numbers, right? You have to trust your body. So the next myth, let me switch over to kind of the birth side of this. One of the birth things I would say is the myth that labor is going to be like in the movies. In fact, when we see in the movies, it is always this quick, fast, take over your body, woman in the bed, legs up to her, to her breast. Daddy might be holding the thigh. Someone's coaching her, telling her, push, push. And let me just, I'm really living it out because, you know, push, 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 push. And that this is normal birth. That's a myth. That is someone laboring you and someone delivering you. That is not a supported birth. And that's what a natural birth is. A natural birth happens in ebbs and flows. It has peaks and intensities, but periods of rest. And you don't get that same type of experience when you have an induction-led birth or one where you have an epidural and your communication system within your body has been disrupted because then you do need someone to tell you how to push out your baby at that point. So the myth that birth looks like in the movies, that is not a natural birth. That is not what it looks like. And then the last myth, the myth that you cannot prepare your body to not tear from front to back. (laughs) And that is my tear-free birth guy that I do talk about. That is the hashtag tear-free birth method. That is something that is heavily overlooked. And I think that most people associate, so this is really the, the myth, that Kegels is the way you prepare your body for birth. That is wrong. And if you're doing a ton of Kegels out there listening to me right now, please stop. <laughs> because if we think about our pelvic floor, that is something that holds up our intestines and our organs. And when we're walking, just think about gravity, right? It's already tense and holding everything in place. Because that pelvic floor is like a hammock almost. So you're sitting there tensing up a muscle that's already tense majority of the day. When instead, what you really need to be doing is exercises that relax and elongate that muscle. Not doing a ton of Kegels because guess what? When that baby needs to come down and you need to be able to mentally relax that muscle, you can't because you've tensed it up so much. It's like doing curls. And that that one muscle you don't got, like, you ain't going to be able to put them arms down. (laughs) You're going to be like Vin Diesel walking around. That's what you're doing to your vagina. So we don't want that. You need to not do away with the Kegels. You want to do the exercises. Nice, deep, long-seated squats is one of the three things that I normally tell women to do because that's going to open up that pelvic floor, stretch it, relax it, and it's going to take that pressure off where you need it to. So the myth... 
Don't be doing a ton of kegels. I think I hit five. Did I hit five, ladies? I think you, you may have given us six. I gotta re-listen, but those were amazing. Yes. Oh, that was so good. Thank you. Yes, that makes um, the the one about the kegels makes perfect sense. Like as when you explain it, I'm like, huh. Well, how did people how were we believing this in the first place? Because the way you explain it, like, makes so much sense to me why we should not believe it, right? So I want to go back because you mentioned that your daughter had to be, and I don't remember the exact word. And so that's why I wanted to go back because I know that there's someone else out there listening who didn't understand and need, wants a deeper explanation around what does that mean when your daughter was having difficulties with breastfeeding? Absolutely. So With tongue tie, I think most people have heard of tongue tie, but they don't really know like, well, how do you know if they have it or not? Well, your nipples are going to tell you. (laughs) As soon as she was born and I put her, well, not as soon as she was born, she was born in the birth pool in our home. So we, we moved on to the bed. But when we got in the bed and I got there to latching her, I noticed that I wasn't able to get as deep of a latch as I'd like. And it felt a little pinchy. And that pinch slowly started to increase, increase in intensity and become very painful fast. And I knew after about that second feeding, I looked in her mouth and did her assessment in that tongue. She couldn't lift it all the way up because her tongue, that frenulum underneath, it was so tight, so tight. And the problem with that is I always like to describe it for my clients as someone, imagine trying to drink water and someone holding your tongue down, like how challenging it is. That's how it feels for them when their tongue is restricted and it cannot manipulate things in their mouth, especially especially your breast, like they need to be able to. So some people actually have tongue ties as adults. If you ever hear people kind of talk with a lisp a little bit because they don't have the full oral functionings in their mouth, but likely they weren't breastfed because that's usually the only babies that we know. It kind of like signals it earlier because we need them to actually use their mouth sooner. So that's how I knew it. My daughter, it was very uncomfortable. So I got her in to get assessed. And of course she had the tie. And so we had to get that released and do the exercises. Ah, That's a whole other thing. Please go to a specialist in this area and not just the pediatrician that says, yes, I can snip that for you. Just don't do it. Don't do it. You are dropping so many gems. And I know this is so helpful for many mamas. There's so much that we can talk about, but I want to go back into the birth because I know that there may be other women that are listening and they're like, well, I want to have a home birth too. Like I don't trust these doctors. And especially with everything going on in the world, I want to do this at home. What resources and services and strategies and tips can you offer for that woman that is, you know, going to give birth to and she wants to be at home. She wants to do it in her own space and be the leader of her experience and be empowered. What recommendations do you have for her? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I would say hands down, you should reach out to join the Melanated Milkies Club. My program is designed to not only prepare you for your birth in a couple of weeks after your baby's here, but it actually gives each members an entire year with me to have breastfeeding and postpartum support. So that's unlimited. They get access to the Latch Lounge, which is my breastfeeding coaching group sessions. And afterwards, that's where the women, they hang out and connect because it is like none other to have a community of women of color that are in the same 
similar season of life as you to lean on, to laugh with, to celebrate you through the good times, but also to pray with you through the hard. So it is a Christian organization based. We are, it is just fantastic. Those women make it. But to let it be known, as far as the birth preparation, we go hand in hand when our members join. We have a, it is an invite only community just because we want to only make sure that women that are joining are really wanting their best and holistic birth. Not to mean that it has to be natural. Doesn't mean you got a birth at home because actually the way that I prepare each woman for their birth and getting them equipped is for them to be empowered regardless of where they birth, regardless of who is on their team, but that they can stand strong and in control every step of the way, wherever their birth journey takes them. I want them to be equipped. And that's what we work on together and really them and their partners. Let me tell you, the daddies in the tribe, when they come through in the birth coaching sessions, it's a good time. I actually host workshops that the members get to join in on. And one of them is the daddy doula prep workshop that we do live. That is hosted by me and my husband, and he he is a hoot. He has been my support partner through each of our home births. And so it's so cool to be able to have a man's perspective with the dads that they get to tap into. But it's so important to get the dads on the same page as you. I think that should have been one of my myths. The daddies just need to hold a thigh, and that's how they're usually treated, but not in this tribe. (laughs) They need to be just as knowledgeable and prepared to advocate for you as you. Because at the end of the day, that's who's going to be with you from the very start to end. And so they are definitely taught how to manage what I call the areas of control. And mama has her own areas of control. So they are a powerhouse together. But that would be my resource. You really want to, of course, also we talk about the prenatal lactation, knowing the core foundations of breastfeeding before your baby is here hangry and impatient. You want to know how to you be the learner because there's two people learning. How do you get a nice deep latch? How do you promote an abundant milk supply? And most importantly, how did I do the main things that I see time and time again that women are doing that hinders their milk from coming in? And so that's what we talk about. We make a lactation roadmap so that you're knowledgeable every step of the way before your baby's even here. And that way we can build on that together because we need support. Our system set up the way it is here is just not enough. A couple weeks postpartum is not enough for a woman that just spent a whole 10 months growing this baby and then has to heal after this baby and expect it to be okay after like, what, two to six weeks? So that is the Melanated Milkies Club. Come one, come all. It is exclusive to women of color that are 20 plus weeks pregnant. That is incredible. All right, ladies, we'll put the link in the show notes. You can get your life. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm not even, I don't have any kids. And I'm over here like, this tribe just sounds like amazing. Like I was, you had me in when you were like women who were in the same space as you and are just lifting you up, supporting one another. I was like, yeah, yeah, let me be a part two. So, (laughs) but Courtney, one of the things that often comes up for new moms is, and moms at any stage, but it's particularly difficult for new moms. Can you talk to us about mommy guilt and mommy shaming that tends to happen, particularly around breastfeeding? The mom guilt is so real, man. I 
even find myself, you know, having to really renew my mind and catch it (laughs) once it's starting. I think, you know, it always comes from a place of deep desire, wanting the best for our children. And that's where the support system that you have is going to be so invaluable to really hold a true mirror up to you. Because sometimes in motherhood, what I always kind of just say is there's no grades in motherhood. You don't get a report card telling you, oh, yeah, you got an A here, home, B here with, you know, keeping up with the laundry really might be lower. But you know what I'm saying? Like keeping your life together, like all these things, feeding your children something nutritious, making sure that they're getting out and enough socialization, making sure you're teaching them all of the fundamental milestones. It can get so easy to fall into this pitfall of feeling less than or feeling as though you're not enough. And having a good support system to remind you of the truth about who you are, that is so invaluable. And that was something that with my firstborn and another part of where I came up with the Melanate Milkies Club was because I didn't have that with him. I wanted support with breastfeeding. I'm a first generation breastfeeding woman. In my family, it it took a sharp turn for my family to get used to seeing the breast out because I I am an open feeder. If you come to my home, for sure, out and about, you're probably going to see me breastfeed. If my child gets hungry, you know, I'm feeding my child. And so you either going to get with it or you're going to get with it. Those are the only two choices. So, you know, having to live through that, it would have been so nice. I yearn to have other Black women that understood where I was coming from. I've been in mom groups around here. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. There are other mom groups and breastfeeding groups, but they they do not look like I am usually always one of maybe two out of maybe about 25, 30 women. And although, you know, I love my sisters that are not of melanin, but it is something to be said to be able to connect with another woman that just gets it. I don't have to understand. I don't have to explain why it was so hard when someone, my auntie says, you don't want to go in the room. You know, I don't have to explain why it's just tiring sometimes to just feed my child. So I would say that the shaming, going back to what you asked me about, you know, the shaming amongst mothers, that's a tough one. That's a tough one because I have such a, (laughs) I'm not afraid to ask questions and the hard questions. And sometimes really what I've learned is asking a person like, why? Like, what what makes you think that way? Like, what what led you to ask me that or that belief? And I'm, I'm one of those that will definitely say, you know, that hurt my feelings the way that you worded that. And giving them the opportunity, I think, to kind of share where they're coming from, because a lot of times it's rooted in their own hurt, past traumas, their own words that they say to themselves in their head, just spewing out. And so when I recognize that we are all just women walking around, carrying our own life lived experiences, we have to look at each other with the lens of grace. So I really do think the mom shaming, I think it's always going to be there, right? We're all human. It's going to happen. I think it's the level of extension of grace afterwards and reconciling with each other and really trying to mend the, the, the hurt that has happened and not being afraid to address it. Thank you for touching on that because I know that comes up a lot for the mamas. So you've dropped so many gems. You've given <laughs> us so much insight already. But now, Courtney, we want to shift up the energy and the conversation. And because we recognize, appreciate, and celebrate the multifaceted woman, and we believe that it's okay to be bougie, 
classy and ratchet. You can still be elegant and dance to strip club music. We want to invite you to the OU Blatchet segment, Courtney. So do you take on the challenge? Yes, let's do it. Yes, that's what we like to hear. <laughs> okay, so now that you've agreed, we're going to tell you what to expect, okay? So <laughs> we got her, Don. We got her. Yes. So we're going to ask you We're gonna ask you three questions. We're going to share three sentence completions, and then we're going to close out by choosing or having you choose one of three photos from your social media so that you can take a look at the photo and then provide a bit more context that we wouldn't know just by looking at the photo. So are you ready okay. to go? <laughs> think so let's do it all right all right girl the first question is what's the best piece of advice or wisdom you've ever received i think it would have to be don't be afraid to bet on you and do i give more than that or do i just tell you this yeah so that was something that i have a business coach and that has shared with me and said to me don't be afraid to bet on you because it was a hard decision to leave my secure job as a bedside nurse to really bet on an area in my life, which is serving Black women in preventative health, essentially is what it is. When the healthcare industry does not market, they don't put a dime hardly in the advertisement towards Black women because they deem us as not being like that we don't care about our health until it's something wrong. So we don't even invest in preventative health. And so for me to take the leap and say, you know, I'm going to build my business on a community that's always counted out on and as black women, it took me, you know, I had to really be like, man, am I doing this? Am I really leaving my job? <laughs> and when she told me to don't be afraid to bet on you, it was like, I don't know. It was just something that clicked to me. Is that what I'm doing? Like, I'm doubting myself. Like, I'm doubting my abilities and I know how hard I go. I know what I have to offer this world and I know the heart that I have to serve in this this capacity with women. So yeah, don't be afraid to bet on you. Courtney, really quick, I just want to say when we were looking at your profile and everything, I saw one of your like first Instagram photos was like from 2020 and I was like, I feel like based on the way your brand, like your brand is so established that I thought that you've had this brand for years. And I was like, wait, this is her first photo in 2020. So you betting on you. you it's amazing. Like you doing it. <laughs> Man, I can't even tell you how much I appreciate you telling me that and that feedback that definitely, you know, you don't get, you don't get anyone telling you like how you're doing in your business realm. Right. So to hear that from you and you guys have an amazing, hello, top-notch podcast out here on the internet streets. Okay, I take that to heart deeply and I appreciate it. <laughs> well, Courtney, while we're out here celebrating you, you know, when we like to celebrate, we like to get a little <laughs> dance in. So, are you gonna twerk or are you gonna two-step? Oh my gosh, I'm a two-stepper. I'm a two-stepper, but I get a little dip with it. Okay, so... Okay, we thought a little dip. <laughs> It's not just a, it's not just a two step. We got a two step in a dip. Okay, okay. We're just gonna add a little extra, right? We'll little something, something. We'll sprinkle, sprinkle yeah. on top. <laughs> so, Courtney, um, our next question for you is: What's the sexiest item you own? Oh, the sexiest! I just got what I call pretty panties. This is something I do when my children hit one. It's because it's like I'm throwing away all my panties from postpartum, all the panties I went through while pregnant. 
Because if you've been pregnant or not, like, you know, you know what your what your lingerie compilation looks like. <laughs> and so it's a big celebration I do with my children at their birthday. I get a whole new pretty panty set for two weeks. Yes, the whole two weeks. And so that has to be the sexiest thing is my new lingerie sets. But I'm going to say panties because they, they're just fun. They're fun, we'll say. I love it. I love yes. it. I love it. That's giving me ideas for like gifts for my, for my mom friends. Like, okay, yes, yes, we're yes, we're celebrating the baby, but you know, you need a little something too. I like that. Okay, you on the something corner. First birthday parties will never be the same. You're right. <laughs> Starting a trend. So our next part of this segment is our sentence completion. One question or topic you wished people asked you about more often is... Wow. Yeah, okay. I think it would have to be about marriage. I think it's something I don't really have a space necessarily to talk about, but really navigating adding babies into your your life, your marriage, and especially when you have multiple children, how the dynamic changes and kind of navigating that newness in that space and really but finding ways to keep that solid foundation. And that's something that requires work. But I don't feel like a lot of people talk about that as much when it comes to the maternal space and birth space. So I would definitely say that's a conversation I would love to actually tap into. Well, since you put it out there, <laughs> Courtney, <laughs> tell us about navigating marriage and your relationship in this maternal space when you are postpartum yeah. and, and during the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I would say, and this is something I feel like a coach a lot on, is when you're pregnant with your first, you are so excited to meet them and I know for me I was like I just can't wait to see what they look like do they look like me do they look like you like what's what is this person gonna look like and you get so excited about the next thing and them being here you forget about really absorbing the right now with your partner and that's something that since having my own children so I know the women they're gonna listen to this and be like yes she does always like did you go did y'all have a date moment I don't call them date nights or date outs because it could be a date moment. You could be at home. You could choose. I love this card game. I think it's called The And or something like that. But it is a question game. And me and my husband, every single night, we do two cards a night just as a conversation sparker to keep us laughing, to keep us thinking, because some of them are thought joggers, like for real, for real. And just keeping that connection because there's a level of intimacy with that. And so for me... What it's looked like with me and my husband is a lot of intentionality because it's hard to get in alone moments when you have children. We do not have a full-time nanny on hand. So it is us tag teaming with the kids and making it work. We're both entrepreneurs. So, you know, it's just being intentional about making space, protecting that space and keeping our foundation strong and communication even stronger. That is amazing. And I'm so going to use that date moment because I haven't had a date night in a while either, but we've had some date moments. So I love that you made that distinction because that's powerful. It's about the time, right? Go ahead. Go ahead, Courtney. All right. Our last sentence completion here is what I love most about myself is the woman I continue to become. 
And I think that from every single day that I wake up and rise up above the challenges, the pressures, especially with being a business owner and one that's expanding and also keeping my mom hat on, my wife hat on. It's just, you know, sometimes I really, I journal a lot. And so, but now it's video journaling. I used to write, now it's video. But I do the journal now, video style. And just watching back sometimes and seeing where I was versus where I am now and just seeing the growth. And the growth in just my, the way I think about things and my mindset, that's had to be, that has to be the biggest growth I've had in the last year is really the abundance mindset and belief in myself. So yeah, it's just a woman I'm becoming in this journey. And I'm just so thankful. I've been very blessed for sure. We love to see it. We love to see it. All right, we're <laughs> moving on to the last segment here. And so we have pulled three photos from your Instagram. And what we want you to do is choose a number between one and three. And we're just going to show you that picture on screen. And then you can give us more context on what are we looking at? What happened before you took the picture? What happened after all that good stuff? I'm definitely going with three. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. We are on <laughs> picture three. We're on picture three right now. I already had it pulled up. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So I am a do-it-yourselfer. I love crafting. I love projects. I love refurbishing stuff. So I am constantly rearranging my home and decorating. So what you're seeing right here is in my daughter's nursery. This is literally, I want to say... She had to have been only maybe like three months old. She's very little because actually in this photo, my husband's holding her while I'm like, take my picture because I want her to remember that I decorated her room. Oh, <laughs> so this was me. I love like I just love hanging pictures. I love just making a space feel different just by subtle, small things. So that's definitely what you're seeing in this picture is me in the infamous rap. Hello. Yes. <laughs> Changing up my daughter's nursery. We love it. We love, love it. it. So, Courtney, <laughs> can you tell all of our listeners out there how they can keep in touch with you? And if they are interested in that invite only Melanated Milkies Club, how <laughs> can they find you? You can find me heavily on Instagram at The Equipped Mama, but also on Facebook. Or if you would like, you can always go to The Equipped Mama. That is M-A-M-A. <laughs> TheEquippedMama.com. But yeah, come connect with me on Instagram. If you're wanting to join the Melanated Milkies Club, all you have to do is schedule an enrollment exploration call for us to chat about your goals, your concerns, and to see how I can best serve you. Amazing. Courtney, you are awesome. We're so grateful for you and what you're doing for the community. And ladies, make sure you show Courtney some love. Go follow her pages, enroll in her programs and all that good stuff. And we'll see you next time. Yes. Thank you, ladies. Hey, lady. It's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship 
with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website, cultivatingherspace.com, and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. Greatness is my birthright, so I no longer ask for permission.